Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. I have a question. Hopefully, I have an answer. So, you know, I'm at this souvenir show in Las Vegas. Really? Sweet. Cool stuff. Did you get any souvenirs at the souvenir show? <laughs> well, uh, 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 all right, that's a legitimate question because there's two types of souvenirs. There's souvenirs that are collectible souvenirs from the souvenir show, and then there's souvenirs from the souvenir show. Souvenir show 23. I never thought about that before, but I, I actually do have souvenirs from the souvenir show. Things that were made specifically for the show. For the 2023 souvenir yeah, show. That's correct. Okay, so that's a souvenir from the souvenir show. Yeah. As opposed to a souvenir from a different era yeah. or event that you bought at the souvenir yeah. show. One of, the, one of the cool things, two cool things. Did you add to your mood ring collection? No. <laughs> um, and I'm tired and grumpy, so it's oh, probably, okay. it would be purple right now. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the souvenirs uh, is the uh, uh, Red Solo Cups. You know, Red, you know what Red Solo Cup is, right? I'll fill you up. There's a company that's making them out of steel. Ooh, really, those. really nice steel. I have a couple on my desk right now, as a matter of fact. I was thinking about doing those for National Day Calendar. Don't you think like a six-pack of those that would say something about National Beard? Yeah. Them would be kind of a cool That'd thing. That'd be a cool sleeve. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and well, because they have the aluminum ones. They, they do. The Red Solo Cup aluminum yes. ones. So these are steel. But these are steel. Yeah, yeah. Those are cool. They're, it sounds like... I'll have to go check those out. I had a I had a couple in my bag. I'm walking along, and it sounds like I had canned food in my bag. You know, they clunked together. It was kind of funny. Did uh, TSA yeah. question you about it? No, not too much. No. Surprisingly, actually. Surprisingly, actually, yeah. So I'm at the show, and in, in front of the Las Vegas Convention Center, there's this car sitting out there. and By the sphere? That Well, everything's by the sphere, okay. right? You just wanted to see if I could say it. I, I just wanted to see you say sphere. <laughs> but they're growing grass on this car. And really? I'm like... Well, wait, wait, wait. explain that. Oh, because it, you, you are in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actual grass. Okay. Stuff that you mow for your lawn. They're growing lawn. lawn. Yeah. Earth on, good, on, on the car. Good good catch there, actually. And I'm looking at that, and I'm going, you know, we're thinking about going to Mars. We're cloning. We're cloning things, for goodness right. sakes, right? And I still can't get hair on my head. But yet they can grow grass on a car. It's like a chia car. What in the world's going on here? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, you can put chia stuff. You've seen the chia pet things, right? So you you could just take that 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 wooden little Sunday cup, little wooden spatula spoon thing, and then smear on the chia stuff, and you could grow that on your head. I'm shaking my head and in disbelief. Actually, but not really, because souvenir show. This would be a great souvenir. Marlo chia heads. Sure. Okay. But, wait, wait. But does come in bobble Marlo chia heads? We could make them bobble. Has anybody done a bobblehead chia pet? Thing? I do not know this. That would be a cool we, souvenir. We could get the uh, curator for the uh, bobblehead museum on. Know the guy. 
and uh, a chia bobblehead. I don't know if there's been a chia. Well, I, I've seen Mel Brooks uh, chia pets. But then you have to water them all the time. Is that yeah. a good thing with the spring? Well, you shower every morning, right? I hope. Well, yeah. Okay. There you go. You water it. Done. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Except a set of shampoo would be fertilizer. <laughs> Little nitrogen. I have a little little dispenser right there. You know, like when you go to the hotels, like, they, just, they got the body wash and the shampoo and the conditioner and the little dispensers. Like, you can have the fourth one now. Shea fertilizer. Your, 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 your travel companion. Okay, so if you want brown hair, then you grow the chia out and then just let it die. True. Then what, you got brown hair. What do you do for, like, Red hair, though. Uh, you'd have to figure out something that had like a, maybe they a have, moss or a rusty color. Maybe, to it. maybe they have chia that grows in red. Yeah, gotta. I mean, yeah. It'd be like one of those caps. Have you seen the caps <laughs> with the hair? Those things crack me up all the time, right? I actually need one of those because. Chia, chia, chia. That, but, and then instead of having the hair, it could be chia. Chia. And then it'd be easy to water then, too, right? Yeah. And then you could take it off at night, put it back on in the morning, be almost like a wig in a way. Just saying, yeah. You, you have this look of disbelief now, too. <laughs> what? Well, okay, you know, I just had, I, I just had this, I just had this coming to America flashback with the soul glow, except, but, uh, you know, the Procon spray for that uh, florists use to make the leaves shiny. Yeah, yeah. That's what you'd use on your. You That's funny. Make your head shiny. Is the is, chia the, you, the plant would be shiny? I know you can eat the chia seeds, right? Can you right. eat the chia the growth? I don't know. I mean, because then you, you, when you go out to dinner, right? You could throw a little extra on the salad, <laughs> a little across my hamburger. <laughs> on, on, on the warning label on the back, beware of goats. <laughs> By the way, everybody, avoid goat farms. This is the tech rants. You haven't figured it out yet. Oh, hey, if you're, if you're a cat lover, you could you could grow catnip. This is all technology related, really. really. It is. Yeah. I love I love coming into our studio too here, right? Have we haven't been in here together for a while. So look what I found. Yeah, for good reason. Yeah. Look what I found. Is it like an easy button? It looks like an easy button. It looks button, like an right? easy button. Look what what look what else I found. Ooh, battery. What is to it? Okay. Because I didn't have batteries. Sure. All right. Let's see what this thing does. Because I, I noticed you were pushing the button over there. Yeah, it wasn't Nothing working. Was happening. So, like, did, did this it says celebrity name game on this thing. Yeah, the batteries fit too. So, all right. Hopefully they're charged. Well, I open them up out of a package. So, that's, sometimes that doesn't always mean anything. All right. Because who knows that package could be. I don't think those are chargeable batteries, though. They're not. Okay. So, they're, well, no, you just said something that kind of clicked in my head. It, do you refer to batteries that you dispose of as, I wonder if they're charged? Oh. That just caught of charge. Yeah, that just caught me funny. All right. I'm pushing the thing. Okay, I got to get closer to the microphone. <laughs> it says things. I was not expecting that. Okay. Was it National Pirate Day Celebrity? Yeah, that sounds that way. It's the same thing. No, no, in a way. <laughs> so the thing says celebrity name game. Is that a is that a game show? Celebrity name game? I don't know. Must be. Never heard of it before. I think this came from the game show channel. 
They sent us a bunch of stuff here oh, cool. Cool, a few weeks ago, which is probably why a lot of the stuff's laying around. In why does it sound like a pirate? I have no idea. Oh, oh, close. Although that that is a pirate impersonation than somebody else we know. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Not that we're picking anybody, but her initials happen to be Latoya Johnson. Yeah, yeah, Queen LT. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> She, she loves that bad pirate bad bad yeah, yeah. pirate you did, you did a better much better job yeah, she, yeah absolutely yeah thanks for letting me fill in by the way that yeah. was fun that yeah was fun. i'm glad that you were able to do that for me i appreciate that we're talking about uh national day calendar calendar stuff well i had to be gone for a little bit so i had to fill in a that's right it was, was a terrible thing that you had to do yeah yeah it was fun good good so elon's in the news except like, I, I i was wondering when national yarbo day was Okay, that, that was my gratuitous plug. Was, All right, now, know, Elon, yes. Yeah. Elon has a ton of stuff. It's just crazy. So, Does he have a Yarbo? Well, it wouldn't surprise me. He probably has just a robot that just takes care of his yard stuff. Right? He has a fleet of them. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, one of the moles, I'm guessing that you call it a mole, one of the, for his uh, tunneling company, the uh, oaring company, the boring it company broke through outside of or within Vegas for a new tunnel that they're building right now. Just the other day, really out of the ground. Kind of reminded me of oh, what's the superhero family? Um, help me out here. Animated and Captain, and he's getting on now, and he's got two kids or three kids. Oh, uh, Jack, the, the Disney's. The Incredibles. Yes, The Incredibles. Yes. I think it was the start of the second movie, The Incredibles, when they have that mole that comes out of oh, the yeah. right? Right? Yeah. And kind of reminded me of that. Maybe not in such a wonderful fashion, but... but Why didn't it, they just go get a bunch of Horda? I do not know the answer to that. From Star Trek. Natural Tunnelers. It's perfect. Soon. That will be soon. Yeah. yeah. Get some Horda. But that broke through, you know, so that that's kind of cool. You know, that's not uh, the news we're talking about today. They got hole. They are. So they're big enough to drive one car through. And what's interesting one about way. it, one way. So it's a one-way line. Yeah. Uh, so they have a pair of tunnels that go, you know, so you can go both ways on that. And But it's finished when it, it, when it emerges. Oh, it's... It, it as it, as it's... As pours concrete and... It's, it's, they're like, actually kind of these triangular pieces that... It, oh, so it's geodesic. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that it puts together as you're going through it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like an erector set. So it's finished. I mean, when you when it when it emerges, you can actually go down there and, and they'll probably pave a road or something through it yet, you know, but, but it's basically ready to go, which is pretty cool. I think wheels on the car would be slanted otherwise. Go round and round. Yeah. yeah. Well, they'd be tipping out. <laughs> the wheels on the car I don't know why he said that. What was the name of that nurse? Wasn't that a nursery rhyme or a song? Which one? Let's go round and round the wheels. Oh, on the, the wheels on the bus go round and the round. Bus down and... Well, not too far. I guess. Uh, SpaceX debuts a new website for cellular Starlink service. Ooh, now that's exciting. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, and it's just the debut of the website, but it's it's they're saying it's going to be coming out pretty soon. Imagine a phone. That's not a, I mean, it's still a satellite phone, but it's not like, you know, in the movies or whatever, you know. This big thing. You you think, and, 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 right. Yeah. Like, I got to reach the satellite. Yeah. 
It's like more wattage coming out of that thing than uh, the, the, the old bag phones. You can probably uh, microwave a bag of pop. Yeah, that thing. You know. Like, yeah. All right. So this basically any LTE phone, which is the phone you and I carry right yeah. now. Your iOS phone will work. Most of your most of your Android phones will work. Uh, non carrier specific. You'll be able to just just log into your Starlink and and uh, you'll be able to text right away. And they they claim within a year it'll be texting and and uh, talk. So will it be affordable though? That I don't know the answer to, and that's what the big thing is going to be is if it will be affordable. The Tech Ranch. Get it back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Do you find it interesting? Yeah. That. I find most things interesting. <laughs> Do you find it interesting, though, that 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 uh, Elon Musk and SpaceX basically is getting into the cellular phone business? Well, you got to communicate Starlink. with your spacecraft, right? Well, yes. It's funny you bring that up. I just our ESPN must be working well together today. So our ESPN. <laughs> Well, I want to let's get into the cellular service first, and then we'll talk about greater vision of this. Right, because at some point you're going to have to be able to communicate between Earth to an uplink to space to beyond space, kind of like they do with you know sending or listening for different communications out in the galaxy and the universe and so and, and but and then we send those messages out and then the nasty aliens from independence day show right, up and we're right, all doomed right uh kind of like that thing. you, like, you got to be able to communicate or the communicators that star trek you know personnel wear right they just tap their little thing and they can talk to somebody on mars yo v'ger but that's interesting and I, I never really thought about the communication because if you're here on earth and you have family or work associates or whatever on the moon or Mars, it would be kind of convenient to be able to just do well, that. It's going to have to be seamless. Right? I mean, if you're going to colonize somewhere else, then the communications piece has to be in place. I have to admit, I know this goes beyond what we've already talked about here, but uh, the fact that you and I are having a conversation about colonizing someplace else you, did you, Without a second thought? Did you think that this could actually happen in our lifetime? Yeah. You did. When you were a kid, you thought that maybe we would be, you know, putting a, a, a manned, you know, colony or whatever. I grew up watching Moonbase Alpha. Okay. I'm like, okay. At some point, it, it. I mean, if it's in science fiction, it's plausible. Yeah. I, I, it's been proved over and over and over again. Well, there's no doubt that we're we're racing towards some type of moon base. Well, did all right. So back up a little bit further. Did you think there'd be a space station? Go back twenty, thirty years. Yeah, forty years. I suppose. I don't. I guess I never really thought about it I, too much. Granted, I, it was the natural evolution at the yeah. Time, it's right? just baby step. Yeah, and, and granted. We're not at the Deep Space Nine space station yet, right, it, right. and a long way away from that. But there's a space station. I mean, there was Skylab. Yeah. Okay, that didn't end well. Um, but then there was a space station. Still there now. Did you think there was be a space shuttle or a craft that could travel back and forth at one point? Okay, now that's the norm. I mean, it, it's just the the natural evolution, and I mean science. Science catches up to science fiction. 
It it does. So, yeah, I I, I don't have any thoughts that we're not going to have uh, a colony on the moon someday or Mars someday. It might be 100 years from now, but it'll happen. So I think one of the things with the... I'm looking some stuff up as you're, as you're talking because you're 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 triggering some thoughts in my head of, th- of other things. The race to space has now been amplified because there's money, potential money to be made, not and not just in science or whatever. The ast- the uh, let's go mine rare earth minerals on the moon. Yeah, well, or this asteroid. Right. Did you hear the number of what they think the the minerals on that on that asteroid are worth? Sizable. Talk trillion. All no. What's the next? What's the next number up? Quadrillions. Yeah. Yeah, it's quadrillion. Quadrillion. Yeah. Yeah. More money than has ever been produced on the planet Earth is what they think the the resources on that asteroid are. Now, you can't tell me that there isn't somebody that's looking at that and going, can I raise a couple of trillion dollars to go mine that? Now, the question is, how do you mine that? Because I would think that you would want... So you're going to take something like that, and by the way, we're going to get into some really existential weird stuff um, that I think could be devastating planetarily. Um, But if you were going to do that, how would you manage that? You're you're not gonna go out into space and grab an asteroid and ride it while you're mining it. You're gonna want to figure out a way to bring that into orbit or somewhere fairly close. A space tug. Space tug. Um, I I've got some serious concerns about that because the, our planet's set up to have a moon with the gravitational pull that we have, and I'm a firm believer in. Lavoisier's law. We only have so much mass on this planet, and if you throw off, say, you take a, a an asteroid and mine it and bring all that material onto Earth, you're changing the the density and the gravitational. Well, you change the weight. You change all of everything. Right. So about do we the planet now? You slow down. Do we speed up? Yeah. You know all this stuff. I agree with that. I mean, I I've, I've seen some some interesting papers on just what world population does because if you take a look at the resources on the planet they all have mass and it's fairly spread out but you take a look at population centers like india and other places that are growing exponential population into one small landmass one area and then the resources it takes to support the people in that area and now you're taking all this mass from other places and concentrate so there, could become there, lopsided. There's been some pretty interesting studies I've read about shifting the Earth's rotation because if you, it's just like taking a ball and you put a little tape a, a washer onto a ball and that ball's going to wobble. Same thing. I mean, could you throw the Earth out of whack? That I don't well? know. I've, I've it, put, I, it's some fascinating papers. I've read some interesting stuff i thought about energy too and and uh you know you and i are working on a project and and so i've been putting a lot of time into energy and the sun and you know i always thought that there was just a just so much energy on the planet and that's that it's a lot 
what I've just figured that. But that's not true. Because the sun adds energy to our planet every day. But we also lose energy off the planet as well. Every day. In the form of heat. Yeah. But there's... But so there's an exchange. There's an exchange. It's kind of like there's a, a a little window, and as long as it stays within the window, you're, you're fine. Right. You don't get too extreme one way but, or too extreme the other way, and, and that's how this planet... But gets. I do believe that we actually add... I mean, this is just my own opinion, I guess, but we add a little bit of energy every day because it's captured. Right. Well, we also lose energy. I understand that. So the net loss, net gain. But the capturing part, you know, like you grow grass, you grow a tree or whatever, that energy is now being retained, you know, in in some form or another. So I I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting thought. And I've thought about, you know... Well, that's what Lavoisier's law is, conservation of mass. you, You start throwing a bunch of stuff into space... You know, all the stuff that we're throwing up into space right now. I mean, every day there seems to be another rocket launch going up, you know. I mean, you're this 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 weight is being taken off the planet as well. But is weight relative to the vicinity? Because you'll take a look at the what the effect of the moon has with tidal and so is it a proximity thing at that point? I I don't know. And maybe the mass is so and maybe it's just so much mass that it doesn't matter a whole lot. It's interesting, though. Yeah. I mean, if you're spinning a top that's hollow and put a washer on it, and you spin a potato and put a washer on it, I'm going to guarantee you that the top will will wobble before the potato does because there's more mass in the potato. It's as simple as that. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 12-inch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. I don't know about you, but I am tired of passwords. I am, too. Then we just got this new thing at the radio station where it's a Microsoft Authenticator, blah, 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 where you have to go into an app on your phone. And I'm like, well, first of all, I have a problem with it because corporate doesn't pay for my phone. um, So why should I have to download something that they deem as a, I'm like, if I could, I'd get rid of email. Well, you know, I don't like email anyway. So. So Google will now make pass keys the default for personal accounts. Like a skeleton key? Just what you described with Microsoft. Really? Yeah. So if you have a, like a Gmail account or your Chrome or whatever, when you log in, it won't be just, in fact, it might not even, you might not even have to put your password in it. Well, it's this two, two-step authentication is basically, what it was. Basically what this is, with the exception that a pass key uh, doesn't have, it doesn't send you like a six-digit passcode that you type in. It'll just pop up in your phone saying, do you okay this? And so what happens is that your phone has one side, kind of like the authenticator you're talking about with Microsoft. Right. Microsoft. It's like two keys, okay? Or you have the door and you have the key. And in order for the, the key, or the door only opens if the key works. Yeah, because like and your the, phone is the key, and you got to say okay right. to that. Yeah. Well, and I have this bad habit of walking out of the house without my phone, and you're screwed. Then that's the problem. That's the, the problem scenario. with it. Is, but they do have, they do say that if you don't have your phone, that they do give you other options to watch. Oh no, I didn't get any other options. Any options. No, so that would be very frustrating. That would be extremely frustrating, yeah. and because uh, you log in, type in your password. 
and then it gives you generates a code that you got to go open up this app that you now have on your phone and then type that code into that and then that talks back to the email and says okay you're all good the uh this pain in the this blood. morning i'm one of my computers must have gone through an upgrade overnight or something and it's asking asking for every password for my email which of course is driving me crazy because I have 11 accounts, you know, so I'm like, you got to log all that stuff in. Like, you don't remember all this stuff because you used to remember all this stuff. Do you trust Google to, because every time you log into something, it'll go, hey, just say this password. Uh, yes and no. trust that? Be, so it's, your, your stuff is only as good as the password that you use for, like, Chrome, for example, to, you know, so you should change that password often, I guess is kind of what I'm saying. So in that regard, I can barely I, remember the password I had. I know, but I do change my passwords often and I get, I get email all the time. How often do you like once a week? No, a no, no, I, I'm probably a your underwear once every two to three months, probably. Okay. So anyway, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, and I get all, I get all, I get all these scam emails all the time, you know, everybody that, does though, but some of them will actually show like an old password in them. Oh, really? Oh yeah. I get this one all the time. Ooh. I've been watching you. Oh, you've been watching me. You know, I, I have access to your computer and blah, blah, blah. Rock and, and just, just in case you don't think I have access, here's your password. You know, so th then it's an old password. There's 30 passwords. You know. That's exactly right. That's why I laugh about it. But There's 30 pairs of underwear. But some people don't change their passwords every year. So then that makes it acceptable to that because you stumble across something from a long time ago and it's still that current password. Then. Or I wouldn't even say susceptible. Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit, but these are scams. So they bought that. They bought that from somebody, you know, that username and password that they're sending you through this thing, trying to say, hey, you need to send me sixteen hundred dollars in Bitcoin. And now all of a sudden you're afraid that maybe they did turn your camera on and they saw something or heard something or whatever that they shouldn't, you know, that should be for public viewing or listening. And now you're feeling like you got to pay these people. And I know people that this has worked with, by the way. Ooh, yes. There's a Facebook scam going on, yeah. on right now where they're saying that your account's been locked. Oh yeah, that that one's big right now. Yeah, and you just a lot of times if you can, if you just take a couple of seconds, breathe, and, people, yeah, breathe, and understand that you know probably nine hundred ninety nine thousand or nine hundred ninety nine out of every hundred thousand instances, it might be true. Just that one time out of out of a hundred thousand or a million. You have to understand that that's what you're dealing with here. The rest of it is a scam. And they're just hoping that you are willing to fall for this. So like the face mail or a Facebook scam, right? A lot of times the email address will be Facebook mail at something or another, or it'll be uh, Steve at facebookmail.com. Well, Facebook doesn't have an email address called Facebook mail or, or Facebook Bandan or Facebook Orlando, you know, but all you just all Facebook. people see is Facebook they go, oh, and they Facebook. panic and they, and they go, think oh. that this that that this must be legit because there's an email address with Facebook in it too. You and I could go out and get any iteration. We by the end of the day, you and I could have a thousand domains with the word Facebook in it and a series of numbers and letters or names or words that went along with that that would make it seem somewhat legitimate. It'd be pretty easy to do that. 
a little nefarious. That's why they do it. But we could make some righteous bucks. We could. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to be a Ugandan prince. Oh, you? <laughs> I thought you'd be the princess. Be anything you want. Come on, Marlo, you can be whatever you want. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Maybe Zimbabwe. Yeah. Jamaican. All right. So anyway, Google is going to be using pass keys from now on. So don't don't be alarmed, I guess, when you log into your Google account next time and all of a sudden it's saying that, you know, you have to go to your phone to authenticate your, you know, it's not going to ask you for your password. It's going to say you have to go to your phone. Okay, that's fine if you only have to do it once. You have to do it every time. And for me, that's crazy. It's it's really uh, annoying to me because I... You know the loophole on that is? I can think of two right now. But I have probably five... Google accounts I work in all the time, you know, because I have five different businesses right. that I've, so I'm switching back and forth, even on email. Oh, uh, but on, you know, I have stuff stored in my Google Docs over here and Google Docs over here. And so I, so it's not like it's piled it, out. It, oh my goodness. It's every time I pick up. Yes, it's me again. You know, type of thing. anyway, go ahead. You have too much activity on this account. It must not be you. What's your loophole here? What? So in email accounts on your phone. Because I found this with the radio one because they don't make that authenticate. No. In fact, I can just go, I can switch back yeah. to my phone with no problem. No problem. And I, I work on my phone a lot too. So I'm like, you're making me do this on the computer, but I am i don't have to do that on my phone? Right. And the other loophole is where I was going to was the, like this morning when my computer was updating, it actually asked if I wanted to um, add my phone to you know to to sync to my android phone on windows and you can take calls you can you can do all this stuff and i mean they can do that already with some other softwares but microsoft has built this into it now and i'm thinking to myself well i'm dealing with this authentication thing so if it authenticates on my phone is it authenticated on my computer screen now as well and then didn't that just circumvent the whole thing anyway because if somebody's on my screen broke into my computer, seeing my activity, and then they get an authentication thing. They're trying to sign in, and then it authenticates, and that pops up on that same on that same screen. Right. Well, and, and they can just authenticate it on my screen then, too, Well, and on the computer screen. There's a lot of apps, like banking apps and things, where if the Google will save that password yeah. and pop it up, and I'm like, um... I'm in my banking app, and I don't want that password saved. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Welcome to the School for Startups Minute with Jim Beach. Lauren Ramondi started her first business while she was still in college. It was a brand ambassador marketing firm. She would send ambassadors out to introduce new products to consumers at subway stations or football games or in dorms or wherever consumers would be. Recently, she was blessed and became a mother. And as part of that process, she went on the web and tried to find a great resource that answered questions about parenting and also provided the absolute latest in technology. She couldn't find anything, so she was compelled to do something on her own. 
combining AI with parenting advice. I'll tell you what she came up with right after this. This is Dr. Michael Garko for Strauss Naturals. The heart is only a bit larger than a fist. Each day it pumps about 2,000 gallons of blood through 60,000 miles of blood vessels. With this extraordinary workload, I encourage you to take Strauss Heart Drops to help support a healthy cardiovascular system. The Heart Drops are backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. No questions asked. Visit StraussNaturals.com to learn more and order the Heart Drops today. Her new website, PolledIt.com, takes AI answers to parenting questions and then lets real parents vote on whatever works best, combining technology and real-world advice. It's Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken on Super Talk 1270. Join Steve weekday mornings between 9 and 11 for interesting local talk and special guests, plus your phone calls. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Talk of the Town thanks our sponsors, Dakota Pharmacy, Benchmark Mortgage, Trademark Realty, Silver Ranch, Peak Automotive and Service, and Runnings. XXAM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packer. A week after Hamas terrorists killed at least 1,300 people in surprise attacks in Israel, Israeli Defense Forces announcing preparations for a coordinated offensive against Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Israeli's military also searching for some 120 hostages, including Americans, being held in Gaza. Outside IDF headquarters in Tel Aviv, protesters mixed with family members holding vigil. One uncle standing by the flyer showing the photo of his missing 19-year-old niece, Daniela. She's an innocent and we want her back home. She was kidnapped from her bed. In Gaza, more than 2,200 Palestinians have died in Israeli airstrikes, and civilians have been told to get out of North Gaza ahead of Israeli forces moving in. Michelle Franzen, ABC News. ABC News Chief National Correspondent Matt Gutman is in Tel Aviv by a wall covered with photos of the missing. Posters of the people who were taken hostage and sent into Gaza. Um, and there are a couple of things that really stand out. Um, some of them are the ages of these children. Aviv, two years old. Raz, four years old. Getting those hostages home, ABC News National Security and Defense Analyst Mick Mulroy says diplomacy would be best. Try to do some kind of exchange or some kind of negotiations that could bring these people out safely and not necessitate an actual direct action mission to recover them. Protests in Washington, ABC's M. Wynn is there. This is the day of action for many of the protesters here. I've talked to some of the protesters. They tell me this is the message they want to send, which is essentially the message of solidarity for calls of Palestinians and Israels to come together. They're also sending their unwavering support for Palestinians in Gaza and condemn the killing of innocent civilians in Gaza. We've been hearing cries of free Palestine and ceasefire now in protest of the Israeli bombings in Gaza. Emwin, ABC News, Washington. This is ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. 
With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, partly sunny and a high near 51. Partly cloudy tonight, 34. Sunshine in mid-50s for Sunday. On Monday, mostly sunny, highs around 63. A bit breezy Tuesday, under partly cloudy skies, 66. Rain Tuesday night to Wednesday. Are you behind on your tax payments? Call Tax Solutions now for help. 800-281-8193. It's 48 at our studios. This is McGruff the Crime Dog, and I need you to help me take a bite out of crime. Counterfeit products are popping up everywhere. If you think buying them is harmless, think again. Counterfeits are usually made with hazardous and even lethal ingredients that could harm you and others. And the money you paid, it goes right into the hands of criminals. Remember, if you don't know where the products came from, how could you know where the money goes? You're smart. Buy smart. Go for real. Learn more at McGruffPSA.org. This message is brought to you by the United States Patent and Trademark Office and the National Crime Prevention Council. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken. Weekday mornings starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. So here's what Google is saying about passkeys. I'm just going to read the response that they have. Here's how Google describes them. Passkeys are a new way to sign in to apps and websites. They're both easier to use and more secure than passwords, so users no longer need to rely on the names of pets, birthdays, or the infamous password123. Did you ever use that, by the way? No. Never? No. How about the word password? No. Okay. No, not that guy. It's so funny, you know, back in the day with in the computer shop, people would bring their stuff in and, well, what's your password so we can work on your thing? Oh, and they'd chuckle. It's so clever. It's password. <laughs> You're like, yeah. you, you know that 30%, at one time it was 30% of the public had the word password as their password. <laughs> and they all thought they were so clever about it, right? Like, oh, this is, a, they'll never figure this out. The scammers the first thing they would use and the second thing was password one two three really because you needed to have a lot of times of course even in the early days of passwords you needed to have at least a number so people are like oh let's do password one two three oh it's so clever i, I used to do some colorful language i figured that oh yeah i'll figure that yeah, one out it's funny uh instead pass keys let users sign into apps and sites the same way they unlock their devices with a fingerprint a face scan or a screen lock pin and unlike passwords, passkeys are resistant to online attacks like phishing, making them more secure than things like SMS one-time codes. So they're, they're saying it's even more secure than getting that one-time code that I get a lot with the bank right now, right? So, okay, so yeah. in a lot of apps, you'll have Google that wants to save your password. Right. So say you're doing some stuff on a phone with an app, and Google saves that password. Right. And then... It automatically just generates that password for you when you hop into that app. Right. You just circumvented all the security. Yes and no. If you lost your phone and somebody was able to get into your phone. Oh, my goodness. If you lost your phone, that's the big deal. And then yeah. somebody has every pass... Because Google saved it for them. Yeah. If, if you... 
and, and if they can access your phone. That's the other thing. But the thing is nowadays... The hackers can get into phones a lot easier than people think. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But if you discover your phone's lost, I mean, it's pretty easy for you to go into find my phone and lock it. I mean, you can just go in there. I don't know if I told you about this like two weeks ago. Yeah, but I need my phone to do that. You don't need your phone to lock it. From the computer you're at right now, you can lock my phone. Might have to. Yeah. All right. Because then change the code. The phone. Yeah, you could. <laughs> or you could have to, to ring forever, right? Or find it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, when I took Alice to the clinic a couple weeks ago, uh, come back and I'm like, where is my phone? I'm like, I, I, I know I had, I had it as I was walking into the clinic and I, then I didn't have it. I, I ran and I think I ran and did a couple errands and I came back and I drive, we drive all the way home and I'm like, what did I do with my phone? So I hop in to find my phone and it's over and it was shown it was in the parking lot. Or you dropped it. Clinic, I suppose when I was pulling her roller skating, whatever you call this thing for her leg, right? Um, scooter. Scooter. That's a good word. We're going to put uh, some underglow on that scooter. So <laughs> <laughs> so it goes purple as she's rolling down. That thing's actually kind of fun to ride. Are you going to lower it? If she, Maybe slam it. If she wasn't injured, I would mod that thing out. I just think it would be funny. Maybe All right, so would, you, would you slam it and lower the suspension, or would you jack it way up? I think I'd lower it because I want it more as a riding device. I'd, okay. I'd, I'd lower the platform to put the knee on, and I would raise the bars is what I would do. And then give it more power. And then give it more power. Maybe even some power would be good, right? Yeah. Yeah. To a little two-man Taylor technique to it. You're not going to believe the car I had. Speaking of this. Because you were with those taskies. Well, okay, okay. We can be. I mean, let's, let's finish that conversation. Remind me to come back to the car, car I rented. and app. The, yeah. The two things okay. we have to talk okay. about. So anything else on, on the passkey thing? Well, so how do you get around the circumventing? circumventing the security if you lose your phone like i i've got some serious concerns about that and i try to stop remembering this so there's two things with that not everybody's going to know your pin i mean you have to always put your pin in now right do you not have your set i don't have my phone secured do you not facial recognize your no or your eyes biometrics you have nothing okay, next break i'll have you help me set that up you don't even have like one, two, three, four. No. It's I don't know how to put it on my phone. How did your phone not come with this in the first place? How old is your phone? Four years. Oh, well, okay. That, that That's how much things have changed in four yeah. years. Because I don't think you can even get it. I will phone. keep myself in it. It's an S20. I mean, the, it was the good one at Samsung. Yeah. And I, I'll keep a phone until it but even literally dies. Even my S20 had that. I mean, I have the S22, right? Yeah. Because my screen goes dark, and now it's, I mean, as soon as I want to activate it, here's my pin. I have no choice but to put a yeah. pin number in. See, I, mine's just old enough, I guess, to where I don't have well, a pin in. Well, I think, I'm sure I could make mine so I don't have it that way, too. But the 20, I had this on there the same way. Okay. And, and that... During the break, you show me how to put that on, because I when, probably should have that on my phone. When you do this... I mean, that right there stops a lot of people. Right. And if they try three times and they're unsuccessful, they're locked out. Simple as that. Till you get the fate. Well, if it's locked out, then how do you get into it? 
So you can, you can always, again, it's, it's synced to your Chrome account, you know, your Google account, and you can go in there and do the find my phone. It's like 10 chromosomes. They need your DNA. <laughs> Lick here, please. Okay. <laughs> There's an app for that. <laughs> but, but, but cell phone, they're dirtier than... Oh, toilet seats. I have to you share don't lick that. You. Don't lick that. I have to share this with you. My grandson, Ethan, he uh, uh, he likes facts. Kind of like his grandpa, I think. And he, anyway, his parents, my my uh, daughter and son-in-law, uh, they were they picked up this book of facts, like at a clearance sale or something somewhere, and they just picked it up for him to read, right? So my daughter and son-in-law are with me. We do this this little vacation thing, and we did that around the souvenir show here. And they're always talking to the kids. You know, they put them to bed at night, even on on you know they face time with them. And anyway, <laughs> so instead of bedtime stories, they get quadratic equations or what? Ethan, or they're talking to Allie, which is their their younger daughter, or and Ethan's younger sister. And Ethan's in the back, and he goes, <laughs> he just says, "Did you know in Sweden there's an app that'll let you know if you shouldn't hook, or that uh, to let you know if the person you're hooking up with is a as a cousin? How old? <laughs> Ten years old. <laughs> he had no. He's just reading this out of a book." And of course, my well, daughter. They don't know the practical application to that. Yeah, so. yeah. So there's an there's an app <laughs> there's an app in Sweden to make to let you know, yeah, that you're not looking at with your cousin. Yeah, do you have to lick the phone? I don't know, but this is what this is why I thought made me think of this is the DNA thing, right? Oh my goodness, that was so funny. That was so funny. I'm sorry that I derailed our phone liquor again. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, how would you know? Yeah. Unless they have the DNA for everybody in Sweden, which I suppose is possible. They might. I mean, Disney has the thumbprints of half the world, so why... Actually, in a piece of legislation that the president signed recently, it actually... There's a paragraph in there that it opened up for complete tracking of everybody in the United States. So there'll be some type of well, DNA. But it's not like recognition. So like China does. So no, fa- no different than China. So facial recognition. Yeah. Okay. And, and the ability to track where you are through facial recognition and the other, I, I'm, I'm assuming there's some sort of an AI component to it. But yeah, it's- that, that just passed and was signed into a very large bill. And now the federal government's going to have, I think it's through NSA, there was a little caveat in there. It was like two lines, and that opened up the ability for the United States government to track everybody in the country. So are they going to, I mean, how are they going to do that? Are they going to put cameras and intersections all over the place? And, well, that's what China does. Well, I understand that. Well, but, if you think about it. use our well, devices to help with that, too. Remember a few years ago. So there was that little backlash on um ring cameras because right. they were tracking they, they could link them all and track right so and then law enforcement tapped into that because they figured out oh we can go track up crimes because all these are linked and you get a big picture 
I don't know why it would be any different. I mean, your TV's got a camera on it, and you're you've got camera on your phone, and I mean, think of we talked about uh, Eula's. Yeah, I mean, people don't even know there's a permission in there. Hey, I get to access all your crap. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all your pictures, all your photos, all your... Or I get your firstborn. Lifetime. So laugh about the South, South Park episode. Guard against the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. You know, uh, all of that. have that in there. Yeah. yeah, it's all in there. So is it far-fetched? Not at all. Not well, at may, all. Maybe far-fetched, but, but it's also <laughs> reality. Maybe far-side? Yeah. <laughs> but it's a little reality all at the same time. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's nothing that China's not doing right now. Yeah, the DNA thing is interesting to me as well. You know, I think that as we move forward... Okay, I can't get past the licking your phone screen. Sorry. Ew. It's the, you know, nastier than a public toilet seat. It is. It is. It was just a joke. You know, it's a joke, right? There is tests is it? being done... In uh, not test, excuse me. There's actually a company in Fayetteville, uh, Arkansas, that are developing a series of tests that you just lick a piece of paper, like a litmus test, litmus paper, right? That'll determine if you're pregnant, if you have certain syndromes, that type of thing. And the reason they're developing it is that, like, if you are hurt in a car accident, you can have somebody saliva. And they'll test you and see if you're pregnant, so that makes a difference in how you're going to get treated. Is that like the wallpaper in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Yes, it is. Exactly. And generally tasty as well, I've heard. Different flavors. I like it. Chocolate. It's bubblegum. The Tech Ranch. Divorce. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. What are we talking about now? Licking wallpaper. Oh, that's right. <laughs> or <laughs> paper. That's why I forgot about it. DNA. That's what really? I, I'm yeah. thinking like everlasting gobstopper and all kinds of Wonka bars. And so, how far off do you think we are uh, before you get married that you both have to have a DNA test to determine whether you both are carrier of a particular syndrome or whatever? And because you both might be that you can't have children. Do you recall not long ago that part of a marriage license was a blood test? Yes. Yeah. That's not required anymore. No. But, but at one time it was. Yeah. What'd they do with that? I don't know what they, why did they? I don't know what the test was for. But I, I mean, you go back and there was a blood test that was part of a marriage license. There was a blood test. It had to be. But what were they using it for? Was it? I don't know. I don't know. Genetics? Because genetics weren't around. Weren't around. I mean, what what were they testing Tuberculosis or. Maybe. Maybe some contagious or some spreadable disease. Yeah. Or. Yeah, you know, because it wasn't maybe STDs. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Your brother and sister. Yeah, because they, they had they had no yeah. clue. They couldn't no test clue. that. No. Interesting. But there used to be a blood test associated with a marriage license. So how far are you? How far do you think we are away from DNA testing with marriage, or with procreation for that matter? I guess it's not a big deal about the marriage anymore. No, the engi genetic engineering side of things is, you know, to prevent, hey, you're a carrier of this and you're a carrier. So, you know me in the dog world space, right? Yeah. There's genetic testing for that. Because so I can see that. You know, there's, there's, there's certain characteristics or traits you don't want in a certain breeds. And 
there's genetic tests for those. So, you know, is this a recessive gene that is, this dog's a carrier, which if this dog's a carrier and this dog's a carrier, then there's a chance, one in four chance that they're going to have, you know, the offspring's going to have that. Right. And you don't want that, whatever that may be. It just cost you $2,000 or whatever the cost of what you'd get for the puppy. Right? Yeah, it's not cheaper than that. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm at. You know, it's just, yeah. I just find it interesting. And I mean, this will come out. Uh, this is my prediction, I guess, anyway, that we're going to have this go on and it'll be under the guise of healthcare. You know, we're going to try to keep our healthcare costs down because if you have a child that has this particular thing, it's going to cost $2 million to take care of the healthcare costs. You know, a lot of stuff comes back to insurance companies. It does. Because if the insurance company won't carry it, then you're not going to do it. Right. Or have the ability to do it. Yeah. Because actuaries rule the world. So I find that interesting. And how, what kind of backlash will you get? You, you are in love and you want to have a child. And now what? Be a love child. Do you have, do you have to go to Canada now to have the child or some island off the, off the coast of Africa or, you know what I mean? Uh, that, that's, you know, where you can go and, and I, I don't know. I'm just throwing the well, if, if there's a potential for a genetic issue that's going to be very costly to an insurance company and the actuary goes, yeah, you can't have kids. Uh, well, fine, you can have kids, but you're not going to be able to insure that child and have any health care for that child for that child's life. And then as an adult, they won't be able to get health care. How does that work? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, are we that far away from that? I don't think so. I don't think so either. These are just, I mean, with this technology that we're playing with right now, especially in the DNA space, it's going to be very interesting in the next few years. I love what's going on. There's a story about, um, you know, we just talked about the end of uh, paralysis, for example, right? And And now there's a potential for a kind of a vaccination. It's, it's, um, Oh my goodness. I'm going to get, I'll have the word here in my head in just a second, but, uh, um, for people who have, um, Oh, give me some, some, uh, syndromes or whatever for deafness, um, for deafness. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But it's gene therapy and with just an injection or two that uh, all of a sudden they can hear again. Fascinating. It's fascinating, right? But that comes with a price. You know, if they're able to do this, that's great. But that also means that they have this technology to tell things about people as well. So maybe, you know, that just comes back down to it. But at the same time, if the two of you are having children, for example, and all it takes is an injection to cure the syndrome that maybe you've passed along, then is it even a big deal anymore? I don't know. These are just these are just the things that you have to think about. Which came first, chicken or the egg? Right, exactly. That's interesting. It is. It is. 3D printed houses. <laughs> Speaking of genetic... Well, that was one hell of a segue. Or... No, maybe not. I I think I mean it's building blocks. So okay, fine. All right, all right, good. I, I just want to side back yeah. on that though because if you start, if you think about 
genetics and nature and where we've come medically, um, it wasn't that long ago that from a genetics perspective, um, a lot of these predispositions or diseases made an embryo or a um, child or puppy <laughs> not viable. Right. That's correct. But science has stepped to the point where some of these conditions, a lot of these conditions that were not viable now are. So you can, you know, we're, we're, we're giving it the scary side of things, but there's also this very, very positive side too, that if they can just figure out a way to cure these things with, with a, uh, with a shot here, take this pill. What was the name of that? Uh, oh, Star Trek again. When they go back in time to the whales, remember the whale? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the movie. Yeah, the, the movie. The Voyage one. And, yeah. and uh, Bones is going through that hospital, remember? And this this uh, this gal, and he, he's he's all off about how rudimentary healthcare is and, and whatever else. And he, and he just gives her this pill. And as they're leaving, you know, the doctors are like, I don't know what's going on. And this this older lady, 80-some-year-old lady, is that the doctor gave me a pill and I'm okay. <laughs> just screaming it out. And all the doctors are looking at their charts and going, well, yeah, she's okay. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but we might be getting Five minutes point. ago, she was terminal. What's going on? <laughs> now she's going to live to 142. Right, right exactly. So you, you don't know. I mean, these things... You know, even though there's this this cost over here of maybe we lose some more privacy or whatever, there's this huge gain on this side that these things are just going to disappear. So I don't know. Well, but when it's you're looking debate. at, I mean, th there's a cause and effect. There's a balance to to each side of things. So, I I, I kind of look at it as okay, one step back and two steps forward sometimes, and that's kind of what science does. Yeah. So. Sometimes you have to take that half step back to, you know, get three steps ahead. So there's a trade off for everything. There is. And, and there's, there's a learning curve. And that's kind of a cultural thing because you're only going to go as far as people are comfortable with. That's correct. You know, and immunization, COVID shots, yep. flu shots, things like that. It's like, how comfortable are people? And, People soften over time, you know, so something that people are absolutely dead set against today, maybe in 10 years, they're not dead set against. And I think, you know, when we talk about, didn't, didn't we talk last week about the the chips that people are getting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's that too. And again, this goes back down to the generational of medical. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 12. Technology comes alive. Let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. And don't forget to check out thetechranch.com for more. All right. Let's talk about 3D printed houses. Or 3D printed buildings, I should say. Have you, yeah, I know you've seen some of these, right? Uh, okay, kind of 3D printed anything. To me, it always comes back to what's the medium. So cement. Are, are you going to... Cement resin. Yeah. Concrete, yeah. liquid plastic, yeah. you know, resin... Yeah, these are these are pretty significant houses. First thing I always think about when I see a 3D printed house is that if I live in Florida or any hurricane space, this is what I'm doing. I would I would not live I would not build a house now, a stick a stick built house in a hurricane prone area since we have a better way now. 
because this is just it's adaptive printing 3d printing it just layers it's a machine a robot that that goes around and around and around in a, in a specific pattern that's been programmed to it you know you put the foundation down first and then it just goes round and round and round and you know an 800 square foot house for example which i know is small but but uh um but these small homes or whatever nowadays that are being they're pretty popular and you can print one in a day 800 square foot room i'm just saying there are some homes that are 800 square feet they have i'm I'm just thinking of the houses on the beaches down in florida in hurricane zone oh yeah yeah Uh, yeah those are big houses yeah exactly so i i really like this and i've watched how they have evolved in the last couple of years already now there are not a lot of areas in the united states that you can print these yet because there's there's actually a lot of backlash from construction workers and everybody else and they're they're holding up the zoning uh for the ability you know the zoning areas or or government officials to actually zone for the possibility of them of 3d printers coming into yeah, houses but okay go back two years and i was doing an addition on our house and it turned into a little bit bigger project than what we'd planned on just because of some dimensional constraints so it turned into a bigger project which raised the cost two years ago greatly because of what inflation supply chain yeah. You know what a two by four was going for? It was insane for a while. Eighty dollars for a two by. Wait a minute, I can pour concrete for a fraction of that, right? With a three D printed house, right. I, I'd have done that all day long. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know on on the practical side of things. If you if you've had a vision for a house, let's say you love the moon, and you have always wanted to have a house in the shape of a crescent moon. I'm just throwing that out there, right? Then you could print, you could design it on the computer and then in a in a particular type of software, and then you could print that house. Just like you print on a piece of paper. I mean, I'm being very simplistic when I say this, but the process isn't really that much different. It's kind of like the nursery rhyme. Was it a woman who lived in a shop? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You could live in the shoe. You could you could live in the shoe. You could live in the shoe. And it won't surprise me if we start seeing things like this because structurally they're sound. Right. You know, they they are very sound. It's not about, you know, you gotta have a a, a, a support wall through the middle of it, the whole you know what I mean? I mean this is a layer of cement that's going around and around and around and it's very very sound you know talking about the uh the hurricane and uh, spent some time on south of fort myers along the the coast um there's a house that i walked by a lot on the beach it's the entire house is a wind foil oh wow it's built as a wind foil so no matter what the prevailing wind is it will funnel and move the wind away from the home it's rated for like 250 mile an hour wind oh my goodness it's hurricane proofed it, that's what they built because the house is sh- i mean there, there's angles and channels and and it'll take wind currents and move them in different directions so it doesn't stress the rest of the house it's rated for 250 miles an hour is that something that's crazy yeah uh, but, but think about it. I guess that these homes would be that way too. Well, but think about how you built that home 
in a stick in a lot of it's concrete and, and brick, uh, but how you build that house with conventional construction methods versus build that same house with a 3D printer. I think uh, a lot. What's easier? Well, it's the 3D printer. Absolutely. Yeah. Just the angles and the time and the construction right. costs. And you could build every house like that. It, they're hurricane proof. I think one of the challenges. Tornado proof. All of it. Yeah. 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 I think one of the challenges, don't destroy the studio. Garbage can proof. Yeah. Obviously, our studio is not. At least it's not skiing. Strange reason nobody's emptied this garbage can for a while because all these empty bags are cheap. <laughs> just putting it out there. Well, I'm the only one that eats Cheetos in here. I I have to while doing I, the show. I it's not today though. I've not. What, I do not eat Cheetos. I was wondering why the keyboard was so orange though. Yeah, it's kind of weird for me. By the way, you know, because you produce the show while we do this, and not that I'm not capable of doing that, but I think you have fun doing that. I do. And so this is the only time. It's weird for me. It's like it's like it's like if I ask you to drive your car or your truck right and you're the passenger do you not feel kind of awkward that you're now in the passenger seat oh i do else? this is how i feel at least the first couple times that you and i've done the show in well the you're studio. a big guy though i mean this is, it, this allows me to come and go and be on the brakes and stuff kind of yeah. a little downtime for yeah. you yeah i mean you multitask yeah. you don't just sit in here and do the show yeah you're you're multitasking i'm answering emails but, and everything else you know if you were producing this show which you do quite often with national day calendar and and Destination be, celebration. They have to be engaged. Exactly. And, so is this a little downtime for you or is this uh, an opportunity to multitask? Or I, I couldn't imagine you doing this over on this side of the computer <laughs> and try to multitask yeah. and do some of the other things that you do. So, yeah. But anyway, back to 3D printing of houses and, and office buildings. So these printers now are getting larger and larger. They used to use this my hurricane. Okay, that was good, by the way. If you uh, if you came along and you would buy a unit that might just do 800 square feet, and then you would have to move the unit to do another one. Well, now it's like big scaffolding. It just continues to grow and grow and grow. So scalability that that's one of the questions I've got on some of these 3D printing. So mediums concrete, right? Yep. And it's kind of you've seen the big boom trucks with a uh, uh, cement pumper, right? Right, and that's kind of what it is what happens but is there are there constraints right now with 3d printers that are producing a structure like that are there a constraint on size so can you only go up two stories or can you go up three stories because i'm I'm thinking the awkwardness of a boom truck with a big cement pumper on it and there's some constraints with that so i think they have the ones i've watched anyway have like a hopper so you just keep that hopper full all the time okay. you know and it, it go down a little go if it goes down a little bit that's okay i used to build stucco houses back okay. in college yeah. and so it was kind of keep the hopper full because yeah. the guys on the hose exactly yeah they're kind of the same scenario yet and yeah. okay so it's kind of the same scenario here and you know the other thing that's interesting about it too is that as i've watched this go along you know the first ones were just 100% 3D printing. Now I see I see crews in there working with the robot now, right? And they're framing the windows in as it goes along and doing all this stuff. As it goes along, they're coming along and and instead of large pieces of rebar, they have these like like 
six or eight inch smaller sticks. And as the, as the machine goes by, they just tap that into the cement and they continue to do that as it goes around. So there's involvement on the, on a construction worker side. It's just a little different. And because it's doing most of the work, the house or the office building or whatever goes up significantly fast. So that's the question, because you mentioned the pushback um, from a lot of labor unions and, yeah, and two trade yeah. that we're pushing back on there. Okay, wait a minute. We, we need There's still the jobs there. It's the jobs. It's just they change. They change. Kind of like the uh, you go back 10, 15 years ago in the auto industry. And that's kind of where robotics started taking over. And there was a lot of pushback going, well, they're going to take union jobs. Um, somebody still had to operate that robot. Yeah. You know, that, that yeah, there's, there's, it's just, it's all changed. Just Somebody, the job changed. The software, I mean, all of this stuff changes, right? That's all. It just, and they go up faster. This is, this is the bigger pushback, in my opinion, is that the cost of producing a 3D printed house to, you know, compared to a conventional stick built house is about 50%. More. Less. Less. Yes. It less. less. Goes up faster and it's half the cost. Okay, so I, I just had this conversation this week um, on my radio show. Uh, we had a great... Co- in, in <laughs> the word of the week, by the way, was conundrum. So the housing conundrum, because one of the things we're seeing in this country, and it's not just significant to where we live... But there's no inventory. Builders can't build right. houses fast That's enough. That's correct. Yeah. So is that a technological solution to the fact that builders can't build houses fast enough? Um, and supply chain and materials and all of this. So if you're, would builders be better suited in investing in 3D printers? Now, you're still going to have all the trades because... 3D printers aren't doing the electrical wiring. They're not, not, do not doing the plumbing. They're not doing... They're doing some of it, but yeah, not all of it. But not to the extent that right. those jobs go away. Right. Um, Might even create more work for them. I, I know a lot of builders that can't find framers. Right. But, okay, you just took the... Fr- I mean, if you're going to lose jobs somewhere, it's the framing side of stuff. But you still need the rough carpentry. You still need... The finish carpentry. So, does that framing job just transition into a different facet of construction? But is that a viable solution for we are at a housing crunch? Because right now, with what's going on in, in bigger picture, um, with the interest rates and the inventory in houses, and that's forcing rents up, and we don't have enough rental, we don't have enough. Living capacity is an issue. We don't have enough roof space for families to get into, you know, whether you can afford rent or you can afford a home. Um, it's a big, we're hitting the ceiling. So on a three printed housing apartments or single family homes, viable solution. Well, you know, we live in a, we live in a climate where you can't build all year long. I mean, you can, but it slows down dramatically right. in the time, right? Well, and, and so you, you can build, we can, we can pour concrete year round because it, you're just, you're pouring hot mud is what you're doing. So, but even, even during the short season, if you could build twice as much, right, that might alleviate some of the issue that you have, right? But would technology alleviate the 
shortened construction season as well, because if you have the ability for a 3D printer, because one of the constraints is, A, the cost goes up immensely because you're going to have to cover concrete and you know heating blankets. It's got to cure differently. If you yeah. can run hot mud through a 3D printer and it can build faster anyway. Even if you had to cover it up for a week. Yeah. Opposed to but a month you've got that 50% cost savings. Are you running into some of those cost constraints that winter construction has versus summer construction? Can you alleviate some of that? I want you to think about something bigger here, though. What happens if bigger? you have 3D printing becomes a significant way to build houses, right? And you have a young couple, and I'm just going to say... Let's say the average home price in the area that you and I live is four hundred thousand. I don't know what it is actually. Maybe use your what is it? Five fifty. What what's what's the average house price go? I mean, what is the it what's the media? A median? Well uh, uh, new construction was talking across the board. Three fifty to four fifty. Okay. Okay. Wow. So let's say it's four hundred thousand. Bought a house for a while, have you? No. <laughs> And I just didn't realize that mine was maybe even worth something. So yeah, but your robots now take care of it. So right, that's exactly yeah. right. So at at four hundred thousand, okay, if I were to come in and say, Steve, I can build you the same house, same quality or same size of house, better quality, have it up in two to three weeks, as opposed to the five or six months you're going to wait. Oh, and it's only going to cost you two hundred thousand dollars. What option do you think you're going to pick? Uh, I will go with door number B. That's right. Same scenario. $400,000 for a pre-existing house. You're buying a house, right? $400,000. But I can build a new one for $200,000. Which one am I going to pick? Uh, curtain C. So this is the thing. And if you start having a bunch of 3D printed houses come into your area, your property values start to go down. Right, because the house, the four hundred thousand dollar house, is now only worth two hundred thousand. What does that do to government taxes and all that good stuff? This is the thing. I think that's the bigger question we got to deal with. The Tech Ranch Super Talk Twelve. Thrilled to have you with us as we continue exploring living with technology alongside Marlo and Steve. Hey, and welcome back to the Tech Ranch, everybody. We are showcasing some of the interviews that I did during CES. AI was a big deal this year, and the first is a company called Highwind. Highwind has developed artificial intelligence to assist with 911 calls. I think this will have a significant impact on how we handle emergency response moving forward. I think you're really going to be interested in this if you're part of a uh, municipality of any kind, because I think it's something that can be implemented and certainly help with emergency response. The second one is a company called Rephrase.ai. They're based on using artificial intelligence for video creation around training videos, around social media, those type of things. I think you're going to find these interviews very fascinating, both coming out of Las Vegas uh, in January of 2023. Enjoy these videos, uh, Rephrase.ai, and right in front of that, a company called Highwind. And you're listening to The Tech Ranch with your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. What does artificial intelligence have to do with making a 911 call? Well, 
Adrian, I think you have maybe figured out a way to make that yeah. process better, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, 911, usually you dial 911 and yeah. describe what you have. And we say, well, nowadays everybody has a cell phone in his pocket, so it's time to leverage on that and go even further with artificial intelligence. So what we did uh, with iWind Emergency Calls is release an emergency call app that will allow you, when you click the button, not only to dial 911, but also to send your pictures yourself and, the and what you see of the situation, your GPS position and your medical passport to the 911 emergency call centers. But because when there is a large emergency, like mass shooting, like terrorist attack, what we had in Paris at the time, uh, the, the dispatchers, they cannot distinguish among the call what is the most important. So what we did is create and patent an artificial intelligence that will pre-diagnose the pictures and see if you have a trauma like laceration, bullet wounds, if you are feeling some emotion like pain, uh, you are in the middle of the fire to distinguish whether you are a critical priority number one or not. That way, instead of just having to go through every call one by one and trying to figure out, okay, is it the one who is hurt? Is it the one who is trapped in the building in fire? the AI directly will be able to identify, okay, this person is a critical one. It's a vulnerable person and you need to put the first responders on this one instead of taking all the calls at the same time. It's just something that was designed following the feedbacks with the terrorist attack that we had, unfortunately. And it's just meant to optimize not only daily lives, but also those natural catastrophes, major events that unfortunately occur nowadays everywhere in the world. To use this, do you like have a hot button that you just tap on your phone? Yeah, definitely. So either you have the app already installed on your phone, which yep. I can only recommend because it works worldwide to call over emergency like 18 or 112 in France. Otherwise, you just call 911, they will send you a text link and you can use this text link to take the pictures and send them back to them that way they already have the they will receive the pictures and have all the information already analyzed knowing that you are the one closest to the epicenter of the issue or you're just a concerned citizen that rightfully tries to inform of what's happening in your neighborhood very nice adrian where do we find more information about your app well you can find more information on our website uh www.iwind-ems.com all right appreciate it thank you very this, much this is your guru of geek marlo anderson at ces 2023 One of the challenges that a lot of people have is the development of video content, uh, especially if you have to do a lot of video content for training, uh, maybe even social media. I'm guessing people use this for social media, right? People use it for lots for everything. of things. All right. So you have come up with an incredible way to use artificial intelligence to maybe fast track the ability for anybody to create videos. Absolutely. Uh, I used to make short films uh, a while back and for anyone who's made professional quality videos and you guys are the experts in that, you understand the challenges associated with the professional production. Uh, hence, we've made this generative AI text-to-video technology where you can just input text as an input and a professional quality video of a person speaking that comes out. So in essence, what we do is we create a digital copy of a person. So we create a copy of the face, a copy of the voice, using which you can just then feed in text, either using our self-serve platform or using our APIs. 
and you can create hundreds of hours of video content just without vi no video shoot whatsoever. That sounds amazing. You know, is there is there some training of the AI that takes place initially for this to happen? Absolutely. Uh, again, through different models, some of our customers use uh, stock actors that are present on the platform. So you can just sign up to Reface.ai, select uh, one of the few different avatars that we have and get started right away. So are, you, are you one of the avatars? I am one of the avatars oh, for, nice. internal, for internal nice. use cases. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if I, did, I can either go that route or oh, I correct. can use myself. Correct. Oh, All yeah. right. okay. If you had to use yourself, you would need around 5 to 10 minutes of video of something you know pretty much just like you looking into the camera and speaking for 5 to 10 minutes okay. and you can speak anything in English whatsoever. Uh, based on that footage, we are able to create your clone and then you become one of the options onto the platform. So is there a time from the from the time that you record the video to the time that your clone is ready? Is there is it 12 hours, 3 minutes? What, how long is that Correct. Take? So it takes a few days to create that okay. clone. Okay. Um, and once the clone is active, then creating videos of that clone is really quick. Give me a case study of somebody who's done something with your process uh, that has seen some type of you know extra engagement or or time savings or something along those lines. Sure, maybe I can give you two different categories of examples. Uh, let's start with uh, a major U.S. publishing company. I'm not sure if I can name them right now, but what they do is they take a lot of blog content, auto summarize the blog content to create video scripts, and AI generate hundreds of these videos every single day at a scale that just would have been impossible for them to productionize. So that's one of the use cases of how they're able to scale up content creation of videos, which again, uh, is, is empowered by this technology. The second category of use case is, uh, we worked with a company called as Mondelez, it's an FMCG company, where we created a digital clone of their brand ambassador and helped Instead of creating one centralized video ad asset, created over a hundred thousand video ads targeted to every single retailer wow. at scale. And this campaign last year won the Cannes Platinum Award uh, at the Cannes Ad Festival. So again, we have our APIs which companies integrate for all different unique kinds of applications. But these are two examples. And the reason I seem impressed by this is I remember training Dragon Naturally Speaking, you know, from a decade ago or whatever. Love the technology and I love that company, right? Uh, but it took, I think, an hour or two before I was able to get it to actually be pretty accurate. So it's from that, it's a big leap for me to understand that now you can take video and my voice and in five or ten minutes create a clone of myself that will now be able to be used on videos. That just seems incredible. I have a feeling that in a few years from now, every single person will have their digital clone. And uh, the way people are already starting to use generative AI in text to automate, to scale up their content creation, yes. people will also be communicating video first and will be using generative AI video technologies like Rephrase to create more and more content with themselves. So what you've accomplished today I think is fairly impressive, but there's a long way to go for us to be able to create a billion people's avatars and like have everybody use this on Right, right, right. It's very, very interesting. Thank you. Thank you. So this is your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson at CES 2023.
If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. This is Outdoor Issues with Mia Roberts and North Dakota Game and Fish Outreach Biologist Greg Gullickson. With the deer gun season rapidly approaching and some recent nice weather, it's a good time to get ready for that fall hunt. Right, Greg? Absolutely. And we did have a dip in deer license numbers due to the harsh winter that we had. Now is the time. I've already started my prep work a little bit. I'm still behind, but my orange clothing. I wore it all fall last year. I wound up getting my whole money's worth out of my North Dakota buck tag last year. was fortunate enough to draw another tag again this year, but now is the time to wash that orange clothing. If it's something that's dingy, maybe it's time to replace that so it does meet that blaze orange requirement. Now is another good time to sight in that rifle. The Game and Fish Department six rifle ranges around the state. There are several private ones around too. Right in my backyard is the Velva Sportsman's Club and they're actually pretty good at opening up that rifle range for folks. So now's the time to get that rifle sighted in and just get ready for that 2023 North Dakota deer season. If you hunt on private land, make that connection with landowners and be proactive about that. All right, good stuff, Greg. And more on fall hunting when we come back. At Trinity Health, we're dedicated to helping people do more. We're here with exceptional physicians and specialists committed to your well-being. We deliver the latest advances in cancer, heart, orthopedic, neurosurgical, and women's medicine. In emergencies, our Level 2 Trauma Center is ready with life-saving care. Together, we're doing more so you can enjoy all the promise of a lifetime lived well. Trinity Health, making more possible. To learn more, visit makingmorepossible.com. Stick to the roads or hit the trails. It's your choice and it's your chance to win a 2023 Jeep Rubicon Unlimited. Take life off-road by winning an unlimited Jeep Rubicon at Four Bears Casino and Lodge. Qualify now through October 27th. Receive entries for every 100 points earned, double points on Sunday, and 10 times the points on September 17th and October 22nd. On October 28th, be at Four Bears Casino by 7.30 p.m. for your chance to drive off in this unbelievable Jeep. Cut a trail now to Four Bears Casino and Lodge and start earning your entries today talking fall hunting today on outdoor issues and greg sounds like the pheasant season got off to a really good start talked to several of my fellow hunters who had a really good opening weekend how about you Absolutely. Had a few roosters come off the dog's nose, a few hens, and you know what? That practice paid off and making able to make those shots, make those connections, have all that gear ready and prepared, having that connection with those private landowners out there, some great hunting opportunities on public land as well. So get out and enjoy it. Fall is our time. It's that time of the year where I don't know if I should be hooking onto the boat or grabbing the shotgun. All right. Good stuff, Greg. And hey, that brings this report to a close. Until next time, I'm Neil Roberts. You've been listening to Outdoor Issues, brought to you in part by Four Bears Casino and Lodge near Newtown, North Dakota, by Trinity Health, making more possible, and by Bones Barbecue Smokehouse and Grill in Minot, now catering. From America's number one travel radio show, I'm Robert Carey with today's edition of your RM World Travel Minute. I have a question for you today. How do you choose or rate your airline? 
Airlines work hard to earn your loyalty, and for every traveler, it differs. Do you choose or rate an airline based on their frequent flyer program or any status that you have with them? Perhaps you choose it based on a credit card they're aligned with. You know, certainly frequency of flights and on-time performance is important to many, as are the club rooms offered by airlines. It has me thinking of a friend who actually chooses the airline he flies most often on the fact that they've never lost his luggage. Now, I'd say he's an anomaly but it does show how difficult the job is for airlines to earn and keep your business. Maybe for you it's seat size or seat pitch. It could be the onboard meals, entertainment options, or amenities. And something I haven't even mentioned that should be top of mind with any traveler is an airline's safety record, and then of course the matter of price. I'd enjoy hearing what's your trigger for choosing or ranking an airline and what it is that regularly wins your business. Just drop me a note using the Contact Us tab on the homepage of our website at rmworldtravel.com. Have a great day, everyone. XX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packer. The invasion of Gaza has been planned and will be carried through. That from Israel today. Both sides have been lobbing rockets at each other in Gaza. 21-year-old college student Tala Herzala left her Gaza home with others, but she says she was nearly bombed and went back home. I may send this message, and after one minute, I may be bombed and killed. Please, the world has to move. The world has to do anything. Other civilians living in northern Gaza have been heading south under instructions from the Israeli military as it masses troops along the border. And there's now a deal to allow foreigners to leave Gaza for Egypt. Or from ABC's Karen Travers at the White House. The U.S., Israel, and Egypt have agreed to allow foreigners in Gaza to try to get to that Rafah border crossing into Egypt. But a big concern is that Hamas will not let people travel to safety and get to that point. The senior State Department official said there's about 500 to 600 Palestinian Americans that have reached out inquiring about that option of getting out. So that's kind of the universe of people that they're looking at right now from the U.S. side to try and help. And in Washington, protests in front of the White House over the war in the Middle East. Shireen Awad is among those protests. I'm here to protest against the Israeli occupation that has been happening for the past 75 years. Inside the White House, President Biden speaking on the phone with family members of Americans who were unaccounted for. Day 11, without a Speaker of the House, the new nominee, Trump-backed Representative Jim Jordan, can only afford to lose four Republican votes to clinch the gavel. And right now, he doesn't have the support he needs. Or from ABC's MWIN. Members have been advised no votes are expected in the House until Monday night. And although some have urged McCarthy to run again, he says he's going to back Jordan. It's likely Jordan will spend this weekend trying to rally up support. This is ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, partly sunny and a high near 51. Partly cloudy tonight, 34. Sunshine in mid-50s for Sunday. On Monday, mostly sunny, highs around 63. A bit breezy Tuesday, under partly cloudy skies, 66. Rain Tuesday night to Wednesday. Are you behind on your tax payments? Call Tax Solutions now for help. 800-281-8193. Right now, it's 49. 
This week, learn how to easily cook game bird meats, and we have natural solutions to clean out the hunting rig. Plus, hear how one school has added an English class like no other that involves youth fly fishing. This is Beck with The Ben Show, your outlet for outdoors and Western lifestyle. Be sure to tune into The Ben Show right here Saturdays following Ranch It Up on Super Talk 1270. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken. Weekday morning starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Jordan joining us for our social media update this week on the Tech Ranch. And, you know, Jordan, you and I were talking uh, during the break uh, a little bit about uh, fashion trends. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got a brand new pair of Crocs. That's right. And by the way, have you ever seen, you wear thick socks and Crocs. I do. It's kind of a winter thing. It's comfort. Yeah. It's about comfort. And you were talking puffy vests, and then I brought up hiking boots. And we'll talk about that in a second here. But uh, um, just... You should wear Crocs with shoes in the summer because there's nothing as geeky looking as the people that have the little polka dot uh, tan lines oh. from Crocs. Okay, that's kind of a fashion faux pas, even though they're incredibly comfortable. Oh, yeah. And I do like the lined ones, so you don't have to wear the heavy thick socks. But I got thinking because we brought up the puffer vest then, and, and they're on about a 40-year cycle because usually fashion trends come back up about every 10 years. Um, not those. Um, hiking boots, I brought those up, which now have had a, a new reiteration because uh, then it was – they went away for a while because it was that uh, the the um, suede hiking boots. I remember those from – you got to have them. It's kind of like the the Nike with the red swish. You had to have them when I was back in elementary school. It's kind of the thing. And then puffer vests. And then, but the the hiking boots came back as chuckers. And then those went away because that was in college. And I remember that. And then um, now they're back again as Keens and Oboes right. and Merrells and and, and Donners. I, yeah, Donners and but. Keens were that, that they blew up the market again. Um, I wonder how long those are going to stay. I, I think they'll be around for a while at this time. But I got thinking: um, Are there social media fashion statements? Are are there things in social media? Because we 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 talk about the cycle of social media and how it's instant gratification, instant news, instant, instant, instant. Everything's right there. Right. But are there things in social media, trends in social media that come and go? It's almost like a, a fashion trend has a, a life cycle to it as everything comes back in 10 years. Well, in social media, it'd probably be, okay, does it go away and come back in 10 minutes? Because <laughs> everything's that quick. <laughs> are, are there things that are little cyclical like that have you seen in social media 
Yeah, you know, um, it's the return of the the forum that really was huge. You know how that started in the late 90s, um, you know, chat boards and things like that. Right. That had a huge resurgence in the mid to late 2000s where uh, Reddit and things like that oh, of, of that okay. nature became very, very used. And as a matter of fact, that's a, like a main social media for a lot of people. Right, it was. Um, that's honestly the biggest one I can think of is just the community forum is coming back in the form of Facebook groups. Same thing. You know, it's... Well, people in specific neighborhoods or people in specific towns will have a community board and that that one has come back in such a big way and like that, some of the neighborhood board exactly it, it has connected people in such a an interesting way where it's uh you know you're using social media for its intended purpose but oftentimes it's a load of crap you don't care about well could you think about uh speaking of loads of crap i don't care about uh twitter uh now x i mean that's kind of a social media message board sort of i, I mean because if you go back to that reiteration of yeah of things are cyclical because they come and go come and go wane and wax and wane and you wind up coming back to okay here's a reinvention of this this is really nothing new but it's it's something got reinvented that's kind of what the fashion statements do and that's i guess there's so yeah there are fashion statements in social media yes absolutely yeah uh you'll see it a lot in uh in uh memes where it'll be very popular for a little while just to use one template and then everyone gets sick of it and then sometimes it's you know yeah. a week two weeks three weeks but sometimes it's years before a mean meme template will come back uh it's really interesting right now uh my favorite type of meme has just kevin james standing kind of awkwardly and that from a from the king of queens and that's it that's the that's the biggest meme there is right now. No additional information needed. That's just a reply in itself. It's great. Um, but it just goes to show, like, that's that's been a, sh a show that's been off the air for many years now. But that particular image from that particular show, King of Queens, is coming back. And that's the funny thing again. Well, it, it's one of my favorites that I've of, of all time is, uh, well, it's two. So remember the license plate? And there was a meme for this for everything. The Brad. Sure. On the Corvette, yeah. the old Corvette. Absolutely. Brad. I remember that one. And then one of my favorite ones, because my name's Steve, is all the great white shark. Oh, yeah. Steve. Yeah. Steve, the great white shark. Yeah. That Those memes. I love those, just probably because my name was Steve. And then the latest one that I really, really liked, and they ran their course. Sure. The Karen ones. Yes, of the course. The Karen ones were amazing. Um it, <laughs> There was a Karen for everything. It was that blonde lady that was just pointing her finger just angry as hell karen anyway, and there was a meme for everything for that you could put and actually the fun part was it wasn't the karen meme themselves that template right but the things that you put into the template sure yeah and and, and then it kind of got a life of its own where the karen means memes the template got put into other things exactly yeah that was now that's the successful social media meme is when that template because you, you can put anything in the template right and so like steve the shark or the brad the you you could put a lot of stuff in those templates right but it's very rare you see the template being put into other things. So they grow beyond the template. The Karen one did that. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing that brings people together quite like a mutual hatred of something. <laughs> you know? And that's that just goes to Oh, yeah, where's the love? That's right. That's what I say. And, you know, it doesn't make for a successful meme, but it's somewhere. Unless you're a Packer fan, then it's angry Karens everywhere because eh, there's no Jordan love. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs>
Oh man. But but so there is a a fashion statement social media aspect where it there's this cyclical life. It's just it seems like with social media it's quicker. Right. It, it, and there's big fashion statements and little fashion statements. Yeah, it's true. And you know, you bring a good point with uh just saying that they come and go so quickly because of the instant gratification. That truly is the big reason is because now we're so used to everything all the time all at once right when we want it. Um if you think about it like in 2009, 2010, people would have the cell phones that technically had internet capabilities, but they would have to uh, you know, use their little BlackBerry uh you know, uh and uh their slide phones, what are those called? I, I don't remember now, but they've got the oh, cable yeah. turn it to the side. Yeah, the little twisty thingy and you just slide the case up and, yeah. and type. Exactly. Um, it had the little QWERTY keyboard on it. You could access the internet through that, but what a nightmare that would have been, you know? It was cumbersome. <laughs> and then just think, like, 2012, 2013, all of a sudden, it seemed like everybody started getting iPhones. You know, that was four years. So, And then that was basically when it really, really took off, I think, was right around 2011, 2012, where suddenly every single person in uh you know had access to the same internet as opposed to you know some people are on facebook because they're in college and some people have to text ask jeeves for <laughs> information still you know yeah think about it though that little qwerty keyboard that you slid up on your phone and yeah. you had to hit the little buttons t9 yeah and yeah and then think about where your regular cell phone is your smartphone is now today right and now you don't have a problem hitting the little buttons right because it's there's not a button to push. It's just it's the contact with the screen. Right. Simplified things. Even though it's smaller in a lot of cases than what that original keyboard was. Yeah. Or even like on the BlackBerry. I mean, I remember right. my my CrackBerry back in the day, and you had to depress the button, and depressing the button was difficult. Yes. But now you've got the just the little contact with the screen and that's the keystroke or and i still haven't figured this out the the people that could just do the swipey thing oh yeah uh, no. that's like and they're proficient at it every so, time god bless them but i can't do the swipey thing i feel the same way. i have to shut that feature off i, I can't do this i'm like I, I i have all i can do to try to make my thumb hit the little button that's on the spot and i'll still go back and go oh yeah i misspell check that um but the swipey thing it's like okay teenage girls yeah holy crap yeah it's like done like it's the you same just wrote a paragraph thing where it was all swipe never lifted the finger off. It was all swipey stuff. It's always impressive to see that. And it's the same thing as like when you would use the T9 where you would have to cycle through the numbers to get to the letter, right? And people mm -hmm. that could shoot off an entire paragraph text message like and it was like, How did you do that? I can't I can't do that now, these days, you know? It's really interesting. And actually, speaking of the cell phone, it is one of those things where it keeps getting bigger and smaller and bigger and smaller with the times that are changing right because again fashion statement exactly cyclical because i remember and okay i'm gonna date myself i think my favorite cell phone of all time at dumb phone because i like dumb I, I seriously want to go back to a dumb flip phone my old star tack i loved my <laughs> old star tack it because it did what it was supposed to do it made phone calls and oh hey I can, what's this text thing? I can, okay, that was kind of cool too. But I, I liked that phone. Yeah. And then I remember after that when 
the because then it was the business side of things were the crackberries yes and then remember when phones got really tiny yes and it was like hey i have this little phone i can put in my front little pocket and, right and i mean literally they were maybe three inches i'm like how do you function with that i mean there were screens that were the size of a smartwatch now that's true and then the fashion state because that was a fashion statement right. and and then they got into oh well how big a screen can we get because i see people now walking around with a smartphone that it's a half a step away from being a tablet right that's right yeah and it's one of those things where you love to see it and you love to see how the trends are really affecting the way that people interact with the world you know cyclical fashion exactly so smartphone fashion app fashion um social media fashion again the common thread through all this is trends come and go so in the last uh, couple seconds we've got here, where do you see some of the social media trends going to? Nowhere good. Why did I know that was going to be your answer? Come on now. I'm a glass half full guy. I, what, what's the, there's got to be a positive takeaway from social media. Uh, honestly, it's just positivity. Okay. So keep a smile on your face, stay off the negative message boards and uh, smile. It helps. The Tech Ranch. Ranch. Getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. I want to talk a little bit about some of the dangers of social media. And I want to back up because a lot of this is what's going on right now. Um, and, you know, Ukraine-Russian conflict. Um, a lot of people are saying that's an Instagram war and a drone war and a lot of different technologies there. I want to back up before that because one of the things with social media, uh, Jordan, was... There, people embrace social media and they just were very, very open to putting it all out there. I, it's like, and whether it was, Hey, we're out to eat and this is a picture of my meal. And then, Hey, we're on vacation. We're having a great time and we're doing this. And, that. and then people started to get a little cognizant of the dangers of social media, the dark side of social media, because, um, where there's an opportunity for nefarious activity, it'll find a way. Exactly. And one of the things we saw with social media, and people learned the hard way, unfortunately, a lot of, hey, we're on vacation, we're in Europe, we're blah, 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 we're, and, uh, oh, hey, they're not home, let's go rob their house. Or we're, we just got this great big brand new TV for Christmas. Right. It, but going back before social media, one of the things that criminals used to do is like after Christmas, it's like, okay, what did they get? Oh, look, a new gaming system and a new big screen TV because the empty boxes are out on the curb. Exactly. Okay. Now go to social media because people want to share every aspect of their life on the social media stage and I'm like, why? Okay, so you got a new big screen TV, so? Uh, or a new gaming con, so? Well, then your people are putting it out on social media. It's like, oh, hey, I can go rob that. Um, so security became an issue on social media, and people started tapping into, okay, who do I really need to be sharing with this? Because a lot of people didn't understand the security side of social media right. initially, and it went to everybody. 
Right. Yeah. And it goes from every aspect of it too, like what you're sharing, what your data says about you. Um, facial about data. Exactly. Data. Always. Or data. No, it's data. Well, it depends if you're a Star Trek fan. Or, That's true. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where even uh, as deep as facial rec recognition software, it's about using different passwords on all the social media sites because, you know, you say you sign up for this new social media site and you use the password you use for everything else, but then that one goes defunct and all of its data gets sold to third-party companies. Now someone's got access to your email and the password you use for everything, right? So even more deep than uh, here's what I ate for dinner, it's like you got to kind of be cognizant of every single aspect of using the Internet these days. And people sometimes still don't realize that. And from the security's perspective with social media, it you know, there's a lot of things that people should and shouldn't share out there. But they're too open to sharing everything because, hey, it's my 15 minutes of fame. Um, you know, if you're sharing pictures of your kids you might want to just share those with your family groups I agree. because and i don't want to go down the road but there's a lot of bad actors out there that sure. do nefarious things and it, and you know it's no longer or shouldn't be acceptable anymore for people to share a picture of their kids in the bathtub i agree because there's some nasty stuff out there and lord knows what that open fully accessible picture is going to get hijacked into right yeah and it's it's one of those crazy things where you know even if it's a simple picture where it's not of your kids but it's of you you and your family but now you can yeah exactly you can be used in facial recognition software you can be targeted because of the amount of money your family has and things like that but it's also it's just it's a deeper scarier thing with the data and the metadata so well and the other side of that too is when you're posting those pictures like hey we're at this fancy event and i know oh hey it, the criminal element out there, you know, when they're going through these pictures of, hell, oh, they're on vacation, let's go rob their house. Well, their house is worth robbing. It's kind of like the Home Alone thing. Exactly. I um, <laughs> love those movies. Um, but it, it's kind of like when you are posting all these pictures and people glean data, nefarious people glean data from that. It's like, oh, hey, they've got this Rembrandt picture on their wall in the background. Right. Or look at that silver service set that they've got out for Christmas on the dining room table. Or look at that brand new big screen TV or that gaming console because you're looking at some of the data in the background. It, the, all the background information is like, yeah, that house is worth robbing. Something interesting to that effect is there are scammers out there that will pick people based on their first name because... Alexander is a rich name or things like Theodore sounds like a wealthy name. So there are people that will literally go on Facebook and start targeting people with a certain first name. That's simple to literally and just to scam them out of money, because, you know, if you are an Apple user and your name is Alex, all of a sudden you're a prime target for so much, so many uh, scammers and people that want to get money out of you in some way or another. Uh, they can get that from social media. And they can get that through emails. It's really, really a scary world out there. A lot of different ways out there that people can be bad actors. So now I want to fast forward, you know, going from that security side, because this is, you know, we're going from prior to the social media platforms to now the social media platform. And now let's fast forward to where um, the Ukraine and Russian conflict yeah. is 
a lot of people say, well, it's an Instagram war. It, it's sure. a war waged on social media to the point, and a drone war, and to the point where um, Elon Musk shut down some platforms because, yeah. hey, people can track you and know where you're at or look at the data in the background and go, oh, you're by this roadside. Right. And people's lives were being in danger. And I, I, I'm so glad that Elon Musk realized that because he took a lot of flack for going, why are you shutting down my social media platforms? Right. Yeah. And he also pulled SpaceX out of those same uh, yeah. you know, satellites out of a lot of the same areas for that same reason. Same reason. He didn't want to be a party to that. So, yeah, it's a good move, honestly. And it's scary because now there are people that are using Telegram and Substack and all these other uh, more technically more encrypted sites, but they're still having information that is being gleaned from those right and and that's where a lot of these unfortunate airstrikes and things are happening but and you take a look at some of the social recognition and facial recognition and things that the the chinese government's doing where they can track everybody and um you know how far are we away from that in this country because there was some legislation that was passed that uh there's two lines in, in a bill and it kind of opened up some of that here in the united states that, sure that biden signed um scary times but now i want to fast forward a little bit to what's going on in current um with the flow of information out of israel sure because we've got a lot of residents in north dakota that were trapped there a lot of american citizens were trapped a lot big tragedy yeah um how does social media play into that from the informational side because there's so much more out there and you kind of need to be a little guarded because it's more than just what you're seeing in the mainstream news right it's one of those things we've spoken about before where a story gets picked up and it gets uh, people run with it whether or right. not it's true and the spread of misinformation about everything regarding that situation has been uh, on both sides on both sides on every single side of the of the spectrum um now there are People in the EU that are trying to go after X, trying to go after Meta, uh, trying to go after all of these companies because of the spread of misinformation, because there's not a way to filter through it. Bottom line, though, does it come back to the user to, you know, maybe take things with a grain of salt sometimes and and understand that there is a misinformation component to this that we just have to figure out how to live with because you can't trust everything on the Internet. You can't trust everything, so you can't trust anything. That's kind of where we're at. Kind of a sad state of affairs, isn't it? Very. Uh, and, and uh, you know, in some cases, it just exacerbates what's going on in sad situations in different parts of the world. It's true. Um, you know, like I said, we've got North Dakotans that were stranded in Israel, and we've got uh, a lot of Americans that lost their lives over there, and a lot of people that did. And, and social media can expose that, or it can exacerbate that. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 12. Back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek. Marlo Anderson. I really hope you're enjoying these interviews coming from CES, mostly the 2023 show. A couple more interviews coming at you right now. Beyonder. Beyonder is a virtual travel company. So it has tour guides and the whole cool thing. It really is very, very interesting. I think you're going to really enjoy listening to that. Another one is called Algorized. It's a really interesting app. It actually uses artificial intelligence to show you how to exercise better, more effectively, the proper way to do it. So I think it's really interesting as well. I think you'll enjoy both of these interviews. Again, they were both from CES 2023. And uh, we really appreciate you listening to the Tech Ranch today and hoping you're enjoying our continuing showcasing of CES 2023. 
wandering through the Age Tech Collaborative, I run into Camille, and she has an amazing product. Uh, and and I'm a, I love to travel. I have to tell you that right now, Camille. I love to travel, which is what brought me to your booth. So I'm looking at this amazing footage and things you have going on, and then I find out it's a... It's a virtual tour. Yeah, it's virtual. Yeah. So that's, that's what's really interesting about this. So tell me about... Uh, what the virtual tour means and, and, and the people that might be interested in this. Yeah, absolutely. So Beyonder is a virtual tour company. Um, we offer live and interactive virtual tours around the world with local qualified tour guides. And we primarily target seniors, 55 plus. Uh, we have a whole subscription service based around senior living facilities, councils on aging, and we are really targeting uh, those who may not be able to travel. Um, we are all about accessibility, bringing equal access to travel opportunities. So how many locations do you offer right now? So right now we have 430 virtual experiences wow. in over 60 countries. And these are actual live tours, right? I mean, you have like a local guide that takes people through these places. Correct. We have a local guide on the ground giving you a walking tour as if you were there with them in person. So I can ask questions just like I'm asking you right now, like, you know, what is Pompeii like in the springtime or what Exactly. What's the weather like today? Yep. Yeah, yeah very interesting. Yes. Give me maybe give me a case study of somebody who's used your pro or used your service mm -hmm. and then, you know, a little feedback that you've heard about it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one client that we have, she was an avid traveler. She absolutely loved traveling back in the day, but unfortunately due to age, she's just not able to travel in person as she once was able to. Um, and she started taking virtual tours with her local council on aging and it brought back memories of destinations that she traveled to back in the day and it also allowed her to explore new destinations that she was never able to get to um, those who take our tours absolutely love them the tour guides are really what make the tour uh, they all have amazing personalities they're able to engage people via zoom which is much more difficult uh, rather than if you were touring in an in-person environment it's way easier to engage so these tour guides are highly trained they know how to keep people engaged and keep the conversation going so Beyonder, there's actually a backstory to this company, isn't there? So there can you talk is. about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we were founded about two years ago. Our founder, Brittany Palmer, she is a bilateral amputee. Um, and she also has some other disabilities that don't necessarily prevent her from traveling because she is an avid traveler, but there are some limitations to what she is able to do. So uh, her vision and her vis uh, mission with creating Beyonder was to provide equal access to travel opportunities. It's a great story. So mm -hmm. how do we find out more about Beyonder? Yeah, so if you want to find out more, you can just go to beyonder.com. We have, you can check out all of our experiences and you can book a tour with a, with a tour guide. Thanks for being here today. Of course, thank you. This is Marlo Anderson, your guru of geek from CES 2023. I don't even know where to start with this conversation, so we're just going to let you take over. How's that sound? But, but uh, the technology you have developed uh, and using artificial intelligence, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, is actually life-saving. Talk a little bit about what you guys have developed and then also some case studies. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you for having me here. So we are a Swiss-based company, and what we have done, we developed the 
software that that is put it on the sensors and is able to detect the people presence at the distance and their breathing and even heart rate and we can do it through the walls. So the way that we do it actually we embed the software we using like artificial intelligence as you say um, and some certain complex algorithms to do it. Okay so basically we now detect your heartbeat and breathing. Okay. And you are about you are excited. I, I am see, excited. Yeah. I'm excited to be so, sitting here with you. Right yeah, now. yeah, sure. So you are about 85. Uh, my my heart rate is right now 85. Yeah, okay. 85. Okay. And the thing on, on the, in this uh, uh, detection of heartbeat, we add another layer. Like all devices now see you, hear you understand what you want, okay. uh, interact with you, and now we're adding an, an, another level to feel you. Because okay. now we feel your heartbeat. Yeah. Imagine you are driving. We feel that your heartbeat is going up, tired, or get heart attack. We ask you to stop or stop the car. Right, right. Or entertainment, you watching the TV, we see how you react to the movie and add, so the device understand, feel you, and maybe move, change the sound. Uh, run after you, like you move, then the sound go with you, and a lot, a lot of layer we are adding. Yes. As you see here, we bought a real commercial heartbeat, and our detection was the same behind the wall. So okay. we detect the heartbeat so accurate, accurate even behind the wall. The applications are quite wide. We studied this from the rescue missions to protect people's lives. Um, so when there's a building collapse, we can see and identify the people. And then uh, now we are expanding this for the autonomous and automotive as well, the mobile uh, applications and the uh, vehicles. We are looking at the life-saving technologies and the people safety, like heartbeat and breathing detection, and uh, also the driver's uh, safety measures as well. Yeah. So also the automotive, like the autonomous car, now all focus to how to drive the car, right? Yep. But no one focus what happened to passenger inside. Right. Right. So this one add additional level to feel what the passenger, what happened with the passenger. Because you always hear about that, right? You hear about somebody who drove into somebody else and they're just assuming that something medically happened to that person Exactly. I, I read this morning yep. that the driver crashed, had a heart attack and crashed. Right, so. right. So if you can get in front of that a little, Bit. Exactly. Yeah. So imagine you can add it to all trucks, buses, oh, and yeah. save a lot of lives yeah. because you know what happens there. Yeah. One very more, cool. one more interesting thing that this is very cheap, low voltage uh, consuming. Uh, Apple added in all the mobile devices, so okay. because it's very cheap. So vision and leader uh, cost a lot, and they have a problem with the weather condition like uh, fog and ice. Right. And in this case, you can see up to 200 meter and no weather condition can affect. Yes, leader can give you more accurate uh, and vision, more accurate and high, high resolution image, but they are almost useless when the weather condition is bad. So what kind of, is it a sensor that you have developed yourself or is this No, we are using the old technology called ultra wideband okay. radar. So we have a lot of experience in signal processing. So we basically build a software layer that translate signal into information. That's really clever. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you How so do we much. find out more information? So algorize.com. All right, very good. This is your guru of geek, Marlo Anderson at CES 2023. 
And that's a wrap on another fantastic episode of The Tech Ranch. Remember, if you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 12.